Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to episode 78 of Brews Less Traveled, podcast exploring the best uncharted craft beer scenes across the United States. I'm your host, Brian, and uh, I'm back this week, back from space. I was exploring the space beer scene last week. That was totally true statement. I don't know what Laura was talking about. And uh, of course, I'm joined by my co-host for these wonderful San Diego episodes, Mike Birch. How's it going, Mike? Hello, it's going great, Brian. Great to have you back. Uh, we missed you uh, out in space. Uh, if you listen to our episode, we had a, a, a takeover, <laughs> a Beer Avengers takeover last week. It was uh, a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. We did miss you, though. I did listen. It was very nice to listen to the podcast and not have to listen to myself. And I loved it. It was a great episode. Really enjoyed it. Even Good. got some pointers. Good. As somebody that's done a lot of it, it was it was fun. I uh, I, I really like listening to it. And thanks for every thanks to everybody for holding on the fort. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, I'm glad uh, glad to be here. Glad uh, we're going to open another beautiful beer this week and uh, continue to uh, uh, chill out and talk about San Diego and the great beer scene that it is. Got a lot of cool people in the chat. Yeah, lots of people popping in. We're recording this the day before Thanksgiving, so mm-hmm. people having your friends giving, getting ready for that. If you're prepping food for tomorrow, thanks for joining us and uh, hanging out. Are you cooking a turkey tomorrow? I am not cooking anything tomorrow. I am going to my sister-in-law's house for an afternoon Thanksgiving dinner. And Perfect. then I'm going to my parents' house for a dinner, Thanksgiving dinner. Two meals. Double down, baby. That's how to do it. I mean, we're, we're cooking here. We're hosting 14 people. This is going to be our Fresno debut. I always get roped in because, you know, I was a cook and a chef for over 20 years. So yeah, no matter yeah. whose Thanksgiving I go to, I'm always, <laughs> they always put me to work. <laughs> But this is our Thanksgiving this time. We're we're doing all the all the stuff. So, yeah, yeah, we're th- looking forward this, to it. This, this is your first uh this is your first Thanksgiving as as head chef. You've you've sued you sued chef a couple of Thanksgivings, it sounds like this well, is we've head chef the- as well. When we come to California okay. and we would come and uh on these off years when we wouldn't come because we go every other year, we're bi-coastal uh family, and uh they would go to a restaurant. <laughs> So the one here, we said, well, we can, we're not going to a restaurant. We're going to make dinner at grandma's house. And so we started that tradition in uh, 20, uh, 2012. So we've been doing it uh, uh, pretty much consistently since then on the even years, 12, 14, 16. Uh, so we, we've been, we've been good. We've got some experience in putting the dinner together, but this is actually at our house. So yeah, we're excited about that. Lots. Yeah. I bet lots to do, lots to take care of. And uh it sounds like it's going to be a good time. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. I hope everybody uh, that uh, is on the stream got great Thanksgiving plans for us. For the people in the future, future bruise less traveled listeners future, coming future, to us from future. the future, hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, we've got a great episode for everybody today. We'll be featuring another excellent San Diego brewery, of course. Today's feature brewery is Pure Project, and mm-hmm. uh, we're going to be drinking their Rove Adventure Beer which first off, amazing name for a beer, adventure beer. Come on, seriously. Uh, and second, I'm excited to drink this again. I, I really enjoyed this the first time I around when I did my first tasting notes. So excited to drink it again and do it the right way. And I can't think of a more right way, a more writer way. Uh, we're going to be joined by an awesome guest to talk about this beer and everything Pure Project. Speaking of our guests, what do you say? Let's let's bring him out. Let's not wait any longer. Please join us in welcoming our guest, the Education Program Manager at Pure Project, Chris Leguizamon. 
Nailed it. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, fellas. Thank you for having us. Um, like we were talking before the session, that last name has been butchered so many times that actually I think that was the best one I've heard in a long time. That was the one. Some stank on it too there, Mike. It was funny. On there. We beforehand we 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 decided that Brian Brian was getting the pronunciation and I wasn't paying attention. And then I realized I'm the one who's going to say the name. It's All right, but I think you know that. I'm pretty I'm pretty good with 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 words and names. So I think was that how you would pronounce it? Leguizamon. 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 Yeah, it's it's been a pleasure. Um, just want to say thank you so much for everyone tuning in. I see some people from Athens, Georgia, the land of creature comforts, some San Diego. I see some Paul, Paul from San Diego, Lehigh Valley, where the Eagles would train back in the day. Uh, Eastern LA County, Boston. How's it going? How's it going? West Covina. West Covina. A lot of people from West Covina come down San Diego. So it's a pleasure to be here. Today, we're going to be talking about Rove, kind of like Brian was mentioning. It's an adventure beer, but Again, my name is Chris Guzman. I'm the education program manager here. I'm an advanced Cicerone. I uh, we'll talk about what I do as a as a as a as a team in a second. But uh, again, just happy to be here. And uh, the day before Thanksgiving, it's always one where like people drink, people come together, and the next day you're eating it all up, and it's a good time. It's a good time. This this stretch is a nice stretch of the holidays. Love it. It's it's it's, it's low investment. It's low risk. It's it's a stellar <laughs> holiday that gets outshined by the other holidays around this season. Let's let's be frank. Um, so uh, before we get into our beer and get into everything's pure project, let's do our quick sip questions. Yeah. Fast questions, fast answers. Let us uh, get to know you fastly or, or mm-hmm. fast. I, I don't know if fastly <laughs> is a, a word. Anyway, Chris, are you ready? Yes. Send it to me. Let's do this. Uh, favorite non-pure project beer in San Diego or nationwide? Nationwide, I got one. San Diego, I got one. Do oh, them both. Give me them both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was just judging the Great American Beer Festival this year. It was my first time doing it. It was a, what a huge honor. I mean, I was I was sitting in the same table as Randy Mosher, and uh, we're on the so we were on the floor, and my friends are like, "What brewery are you going to be hitting?" And I'm like. There's one brewery. If I could buy a whole case of their beer right now, I'd buy it. I'd buy it instantly. They're from Austin, Texas. They've been in the game for 28 years, 28, 26 years. Um, they make one of the very historical styles. It's a Polish smoked wheat beer. It's called a Grodzicki. It's yep. 3%. Yeah. And just yep. recently, some people are starting to like make those again. I saw um, Great Notion, uh, Sam uh, from Brujos, he made one. There's one here in Marietta. They made one. And I was just like, smoked Polish beer is kind of a thing now. So if I could buy one instantly, it'd be that one. Uh, San Diego, Coachman. Coachman is one of the most award-winning beers. It's a small IPA or a session IPA. I forget how they promote it. But man, you get a good Coachman. Those, those low ABV beers, that's kind of my, my threshold. And that's why I'm really excited to try Rove. Was the Grodzkiewski uh, from uh, Live Oak? Yeah, from Live Oak. Yep. Yeah. Live Oak. Yeah. I uh oh, I have their vice. Um, I so I met Mike. Uh, he does their marketing manager. He sent me some Grudzitsky, a Weizenbach, and a Black is Beautiful can, like a, a six pack of each. I have the uh, the Weizenbach in the fridge right now at work, but it's nine percent, and we have we still have some time, so I might crack that towards the end. Sweet. All right, rolling on here. First job in the industry. First job in the industry was West Reading, Pennsylvania. Um, it was the first brewery that was in my small town of Reading, Pennsylvania. Uh, it was called Chatty Monks. 
Um, it was their yeah, chatty monks. It was their opening weekend, which was June 10th, 2014. The taste room is probably three times the size of this conference room. And uh, I was the only one that wasn't a family member or like a family friend. And yeah, I remember all of those beers coming out and I was, I was just a big fan, uh, happy to be there. And then I moved out to San Diego later that year and Mission, Stone Brewing, Ale Smith. And now I found my home here at Pure Project. Wow. Quite the, quite the rap sheet there. Very uh, cool. Worse off flavor, butyric acid or mercaptan? Uh, so butyric acid is it's like throw up, and then mercaptan is the nastiest. Mercaptan, mercaptan has a lower threshold and is highly perceived. It it is the most intense thing you'll ever smell in your life. The only way I could describe it, it's kind of like open sewer drain meets like yeah, rotten sewer. eggs. Like, yeah. and I've smelt beers like that commercially, and I was like, whoa you did something kind of wrong, but yeah, we're captain. We're captain all the way. Butyric acid is actually a, a, a welcoming flavor in like lambic beers at times yeah. and small thresholds. So yeah, but you get, you get it in that spike sometime and it's like, well, <sighs> I, I would agree for captain this. <laughs> the worst part of those spiked beers is like you pay for those. So you're just like, yeah, you pay yeah, a lot of money. I paid a lot of money to drink this, a lot of money. This spike. Oh, yep. the spiked Coors Light. Yeah. Uh, San Diego, skate or surf? Uh, I'm terrified of the ocean, so I'm going to go surf. We are known for uh, cycl- uh, being a, cycl- a cyclist, uh, so road bikes. There's a lot of beautiful hills in northern uh, North County, San Diego. World class. Come out here, ride your road bike. It's it's awesome. I rode, I rode bike everywhere for the most part. Very nice. Lots of mountain bike talk here on Bruceless Travel. Not much road bike talk. Okay. Final question. Our, our, our favorite quick question. Have you ever seen a UFO? A ghost? Bigfoot? A cryptid? Anything? No. No. Okay. No. Okay. no. <laughs> I'm, fishing. I'm fishing for stories with that question, and it has so far come up uh, okay a couple times. Uh, <laughs> I like it. I like it, Brian. Thank you. Very good. Well, you know, let's get let's get into this beer. All right. That's why we're yeah. here, right? Chris, what can you tell us about the adventure beer? Yeah. So let's paint the picture first off. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about company ethos in a second. But uh, so Pure Project, we make all variety of beers. I have some of the examples right here. Um, and that's kind of the way Rove became a thing. So 29, late December of 2019, December of 2019, as a company, we're out. We're in Mount Laguna, we're camping, and we're making a spawn beer, like a lambic, goose, that type of thing, um, which is leaf. So we're out there, and we have a five-gallon keg of our German-style Pilsner um, called Rain. And if you ever had German-style Pilsner, they're hoppy, they're dry. They are refreshing, but they're kind of palate fatiguing. Think like a West Coast European beer, right? And we're drinking this, and we're like, man, I kind of wish we had something lower in ABV, less hoppy, a little bit more balanced, and something that would be perfect for this campfire while we're making the spawn beer. And that's how Rove came about. So got the four pack over here. As always, we're not using those plastic four pack holders. Nice. Small touches as a company, and we'll get into that in a second. But this is Rove. This is our adventure beer. We as brewers and as team members made a beer selfishly. 
called it whatever we wanted to call it, which is called an adventure beer. It is an ale that drinks like a light lager, comes in at 4.2%, 1% for the planet, carbon neutral or climate neutral, plastic neutral. Now, mm. when, I, when we were first doing sensory on this beer, they said, hey, uh, we, we normally put the, the beer in a, in a glass and we talk right. about it. Here we, we go. At it and, but for us, we said, you know what? Enjoy it out of the can. That's the way you would enjoy it otherwise. And you're looking at it and you're like, you're not wrong. You know what? All right, cool. We're going to enjoy it out of the can. So we grabbed the four pack, cracked it open. I was there with the head brewer, with marketing, and of course myself doing sensory. Gave yourselves a cheers. Right Has on. that nice like floral, grainy, a little bit of like a pear characteristic off the nose. Okay. Nice, nice effervescence, cleanses the palate. You can know the you can know the malt. The bitterness is restrained just enough to balance. Yeah. And just like that. Wow. Cool. And then you can go back on your day where you're either camping, hiking, rock climbing. If you're riding your bike, hey, you're at the top of that peak, crack it open. It won't get you too crazy at only 4.2% beer. And that's right what the on. whole point of this beer is. It's a it's a beer of what you're doing with it instead of what it's about, if that makes sense. And our other lineup is a little bit more thought provoking, but for this, hey, go out there, go enjoy the the great outdoors. Right on. It Cheers, is. Cheers, Chris. So Thank tasty. You. Cheers. Now, man. I would let. I just want to. I'm just going to put a little bit in the glass. Look <laughs> at that proper glass, though. Look <laughs> you at can't it. help yourself. I can't help myself. I got to see it. <laughs> I got to see it. It's very pretty. For me, it's it's very much like an Americanized version of an English pub ale like a like a small beer that you're going to session all day a little bit more carbonated than english styles maybe mm -hmm. a little bit more bite to the hop character but yeah this is a beer i finished something fun i just finished a boulder session where i didn't get out climbed by my wife and i can raise my hands high <laughs> and uh i uh yeah this is a cap this is the cap the day off beer Exactly. And, and you can kind of taste that San Diego water profile where it's a little bit mm. higher in minerality. So it adds that crispness a lot. It's almost a little sharper than what you'd expect from like you were mentioning, almost like an English pub ale. A little yeah. bit sharper, a little bit crisper. Um, CO2 is a little bit higher, but that adds that refreshing factor. It's, it's a thirst quencher. As, like, as, as I try to avoid those crisp, clean, refreshing, that's exactly what we're going for. We actually, as a team members, we get, uh, talking about bouldering, we get memberships to the local rock climbing gym after three months, every single employee. So Brian, I'm just saying, if you, you want to pick up another job, <laughs> come work for your project. Can you do support remote work? <laughs> wow. It's getting, getting, getting headhunted right here on the, on the podcast. <laughs> I know that's the reason he hired, he, he invited me on this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, great. Uh, so you, you've mentioned it. You're the you're not only the education program manager at Peer Project, you're also an advanced Cicerone, a mm -hmm. certification that only 157 other people have earned. For reference, Mike and I were both certified beer service. That's level one of the Cicerone program. There's 140,000 yeah. of those about that. Uh, level two is a certified Cicerone. There's about 4,400 of those. 158 advanced Cicerones in the program, what did it take for you to achieve that certification? Absolutely. And I think, I think a great point to, to note is whether one, two, three, and there's a higher one, which is four, every level is your journey into craft beer or into beer in general. It doesn't even have to be craft beer. Many of the level fours are in the big beer, the ABM bevs, but um, yeah, most, of that's them. Your, most of them. Yeah. Uh, 
you have a lot of money in those in those in those uh, in those big companies. Yeah. But that's your journey. I always applaud people to even take that level one. It's I think it's 30 minutes, 60 questions, something of that nature. Level two, I am the lead. Uh, I'm the education program manager leading the education department. I have two certified Cicerones underneath me, Devin McGuire and Lindsay Buckner. Um, so I always applaud them. They're like, Chris, you're so smart. I'm like, you also bring a facet to the game. And finally, level three, uh, I think it's an eight hour exam. Eight hour, yeah, eight hour exam two face-to-face interviews, there's off flavors, style discrimination, consumer-friendly descriptions, there's eight essays. Towards the end of those eight hours, you're in that exam room and you're just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, this is, this is not fun. Like, I'm, you're writing about Weizenbach and you're like, all right, uh, three local dis- uh, uh, commercial examples or three local ones, three European ones. And for me, it was... Um, when I got uh, hired at Peer Project in uh, January of 2018, if not 2019, I think it's 2018, 2018, I was like, you know what? I need to get back into shape, kind of like a marathon runner. Let, what's the next, what's the, what's the closest marathon event? And I, it just happened to be at Advanced Histrone. And I was like, all right, I'm going to sign up for it. Little did I know it was April 24th of that year. And I signed up in February. And I was like, uh-oh, I got like two months to really get into shape. So I studied five hours every single day, worked day in, day out on my books, writing notes. I uh, went to Bottlecraft, a local bottle shop here in San Diego, went in and towards the end, I was like, hey, Gene, who's the beer buyer, here's 50 bucks, put in a mix pack, a couple couple beers that are commercial examples. Don't tell me what it is. I'm going to put it in my fridge. My roommate's going to open one up pour it and say, Hey, Chris, what style is this? And we just kept doing that. And, uh, I passed it on the first try. And, uh, now as an advanced Cicerone, one of two in San Diego, my main mission is how can I get people to that next level? How can I enrich their beer journey, make it more digestible because there's so much about beer. And sometimes you run into those really smart people and they're just like, you stand there and you're like, you're missing a piece. And you kind of lost me like three hours ago. I just try to make it more digestible, beers for everyone. And just because I have the certification doesn't make me any better than anyone else. Um, hopefully it inspires others to do the same. And uh, just this past weekend, I was down in Mexicali judging beers with a master Cicerone, Nicole Ernie, one of 22 in the world. And I was just like, uh, I'm your biggest fan, by the way, and let's start judging beers. And she was just back and forth. And I was like, dude, this is, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. So. We have a master Cicerone that lives here in Pittsburgh who is also named Brian. Um, so shout out to excellent name, but he's one of the nicest, most approachable people I've, I've met in the scene and, and has such a focus on educating people as well. That f- you see that from those upper levels of the Cicerone. That's one thing that I've seen consistent with the few people that I've met from that, from those, those upper tiers, the third and, and fourth level of certification is the passion for getting people to that level as well. It's like, I made it here. I have this newfound appreciation and understanding for beer. Everybody, I'm going to pull you up the wall too. Let's, let's do it. That's exact same. That's, that's the mentality. Extend that arm, whatever I can do to get you to get to that next level. And what's the point of being the smartest person in the room when you could be with a whole army of smart people and then we could just be talking beer, you know? So uh, I love seeing that. I love seeing that path Uh, instead of gatekeeping and saying, you'll never understand what I know. I love that people are extending their arms and hands into the, to getting to the higher levels. That's very great. That's really great. 
How does that uh, tie in? Uh, it, it's uh, having being the education program manager. We don't hear that term a lot at breweries. Uh, uh, so the education you gained during the certification, how does that play into your job at Pure Project? Yeah, so um, that's a great question, Mike. So I was sitting there while well, I passed it and I'm really excited and it kind of morphed into something really special. At Pure Project, we're releasing two new beers every two weeks, minimum okay. two new beers in cans and or bottles. So as a staff, there's 20 beers on the board. There's five different tasting rooms and every two weeks, new hops, new mole, new brands, new sensory. And when I got hired at Peer Project, I was one of 15 employees in a small little walk-in closet in Miramar. And I would smell the beer and I was like, hey, like, do you guys pick this up? And they're like, Chris, can you do that with that other staff that's coming in at three o'clock? And I was like, yeah, totally, let's, let's talk about it. And then I would talk to the brewers like, hey, where did we get those strawberries from? And they're like, we got those uh, organic strawberries from JR Organics, it's in Escondido. Okay, okay, where did we get the coconut from? Oh, we got, that's organic from Sri Lanka. So like, I kept asking those questions and just relaying that to the front of the house. And I've worked for the biggest breweries, I've worked for some of the smaller breweries. There's always been a disconnect between the back of the house and the front of the house. I can see that, yeah. There always has. So like, you go into, and this is me echoing that many other breweries should start thinking this way. But there's been times where you go into a brewery, you ask for a beer and they say, oh, I didn't even know we had that on. No one tells me anything. And you're just sitting there as a, as a, as a, as a guest, as a patron, you're just like, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, is it good? And they're like, I don't know. No one, no one told me. And it's, it's kind of disheartening. And then there's a little bit of a disconnect. So when I said, hey, if we have, as we keep growing, we need to make that bond between the back of the house and the front of the house as strong as humanly possible. So I talk every day with the brewers, send that and echo it through our messaging channel and get everyone on the same page. If there's two new beers every two weeks, everyone knows about those two new beers. And they range from a adventure beer to a German style Pilsner using all California grain from Admiral Malting, the Sacramento Valley area using Hallertau, uh, Hallertau tradition from Germany, from like big old pastry stouts collaboration with Three Sons out of Florida goose and lambic inspired beers to beers aged in cherry wine and cider barrels so and every type of ipa you could possibly manage manage so there's so much of a broad information so what i do i make it more digestible give it to the beer tenders whatever you find exciting roll with it make it genuine create those experiences within our tasting rooms the tasting rooms are so thoughtfully curated Give them that guest experience, you know, come in and pretend like you're that person. How stoked would you be to be in there? And someone's telling you about that campfire story with Rove and you're just right. sitting there and you're like, yep, that's the beer I need. So yeah, that's what I do. It's, I, I try to create those guest experiences by giving people information of what we're doing from the back of the house and the front of the house. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. They're, they, they're, you, you talked about that disconnect between front of house and back of house. And I, a lot of my background comes from restaurants and, and you see that there. So yeah. it's just so good to hear it addressed in, in a tap room setting and a brewery setting, because that's what, that's what it's all about. You have to connect with the guests and you have to meet them where they are. And, and that comes with a certain level of education, but you have to tailor that down to who your, your crowd and, you know, absolutely beers for everybody. We just gotta, we gotta get that word out there and, and find those beers that, that suit people's needs. 
as a program side, um, I set up both internal and external programs. Two weeks ago, we actually uh, hand, so we hand select our hops through Yakima Chief and New Zealand through NC Hops. But I, as a beer fan, was like, hey, we all love those Mosaic, Citra, Simcoe, Strata. But many of us have never smelled those hops. Can we showcase those uh, hand selected hops to the public? Have them come in. YCH, can you send out some swag, some hats, some stickers, some pins, some banners? Get people excited. And then just do a sensory with like 20 people out of every production facility. We have two of them. And uh, some people came out, people were stoked. And they're like, whoa, that's why I love Mosaic. Those big peach, tangerine, blueberry characteristics. Whoa, this is so loud. And I'm like, yeah, that's the Mosaic that we as a company will use for the rest of the year until middle of next year. So I'm um, just trying to build those programs and events that really excite the beer drinker. Because um, at the end of the day, I'm a beer fan, just as you are. And I just happen to be a education program manager. Dude, if, I, if there was a brewery that was hosting like, hey, come come smell our hand selected hops. I, I as a beer nerd, I, I think I would I I might cancel plans with my family. I, I, I don't know. That, that's that's such an awesome. That's such an awesome project. We'll see that on like on Instagram where the brewers will show themselves going to Yakima mm-hmm. and doing that. And I, I feel the same way. Like, oh, can I come I do that? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I want to do that. Yeah. Get the glasses like, and the blue mats oh, on the table. Yeah. Like, what is it? What does it smell like? And I, I had that ex- and I was just like, I want that experience and I want that experience for other people. So we're going to do that. Um, our malt is thoughtfully curated. We, we're really mindful of where we source things. So we're going to do a malt class. We'll do a New Zealand class. Mm. We are one of 20 breweries in the nation to be working closely with the breeder of Nelson Motueka. His name is Dr. Ron uh, through NZ Hops. And we're part of that Bract Brewing Program. So we're using these varietals of hops that only 20 breweries can get. Firestone Walker, other half, us, and we're the only one in San Diego. And I'm, I want to put those on the table and I want people to smell those. And people will be like, what is, what is the name of this one? It's like NZH105. And they're like, right. the? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm getting excited, but like, and yeah, I'm just really, I'm, I'm constantly thinking, how can I make people as excited about beer as I am? That's awesome. So let's jump into the background of Pure Project as a brewery. This is a brewery that was actually born in Costa Rica. Could you uh, tell us more about Pure Vida and, and the history of Pure Project? Yeah. So Pure Project was started by Jesse Pine and Matt Robar. Two guys, they were in the call center industry. Jesse takes a sabbatical and is like, hey, this is a lot. I'm going to go to Costa Rica, enjoy my time down there misses craft beer and then during a really long hike through the national rocky national park uh him and matt are talking and they're like hey we're we've been best friends what if we open up a brewery how would that look like how can we make a business model where it's environmentally conscious and using local ingredients and that's where they started in costa rica in manuel antonio they didn't have access to the crazy hops that we're talking about right now or the crazy experimental yeast they only had those local farmers. So they would just go to the farmer's markets and say, hey, what's in season right now? And what are you excited about? And they're like, you have to try this exotic fruit. And they would incorporate that into their beer. They noticed that 
the political landscape and the environmental landscape at the time in Costa Rica wasn't the best for what they were trying to achieve. Um, so they pulled the plug on that project and then moved over to San Diego. From there, we were part of the Igniter program, which is essentially a souped out brew house, tastering with the licensing. You pay a premium rent and it's a turnkey. Just pay a little bit of premium rent, decorate the tasting room as you want, and you can keep going. Since day one, we've been 1% for the planet. 1% of everything we make as a company goes to uh, local and national uh, environmental organizations. To date, we've donated $142,000. Heck yeah. I know, right? And the more we grow, the more we're able to give back, which is really exciting. We, anytime we use fruits or spices, it's always organic. Um, trying to be very conscious on farming practices. Um, what else do we do? We're plastic neutral. We try to reduce the use of plastic and climate neutral. We plant more trees and trying to offset our CO2 uh, impact. And now we have five tasting rooms and it's constantly growing. But when you walk into the tasting room, kind of like what you see behind you guys, Brian and Mike, that like jungle vibe, that's that Pura Vida. All those plants are, are natural or real. And it just brings a good energy. And we try to bring those Costa Rican energies to to San Diego. And now Costa Rica, is, uh, they're, they're extremely environmentally uh, 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 conscious. Uh, there's something like 70% of their power comes from uh, renewable energy at this point, maybe more than that. Wow. Yeah. Back in the day, it wasn't like that. And it's, right. as as people, it's like, hey, I think we got it. As, as manufacturers, we have to be very conscious of the impact that we have on the environment. I For see, sure. are you doing anything to reduce water use? Water use in San Diego is the toughest right now. So mm. in general, when it comes to beer making, it's 10 gallons of beer per one gallon of beer, or 10 gallons of water per one gallon of beer. We're looking into solar and then maybe a water reclamation site. We just moved into this facility last year. So Stone Brewing has a $10 million water reclamation uh, center uh, attached to their brewery in Escondido. We, we just moved in. We might try to do that. I don't know. We're trying our best, but water is definitely the biggest impact on the environment for us in San Diego, where it's very drought prone. Right. Hopefully small steps. And then we're going to try to recapture our CO2, which a brewery that's producing 7,000 barrels a year doesn't care. But for us, if we can recapture that, just like Sierra Nevada does, I think I think, I think it would be pretty cool. Yeah, water is super crucial to, to beer, obviously, and to the process. I remember... A couple of years ago, I got the opportunity to tour uh, the Alchemist facility and our tour guide was John Kimmick. And he was, you know, I wanted to hear him talk about Hedy Topper and how he basically created the New England IPA revolution and completely changed craft beer. And he was so excited to talk about not their water reclamation system, but like their 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 way of dealing with their total dissolved solids and what they were like putting back into the wastewater system. Mm -hmm. And I didn't get it then, but the more I've talked to breweries about like the impact on what they have on the local communities, especially breweries in small towns, that impact of what they're having becomes such a consideration because it's like, yeah, we're making good beer. We got good tap rooms. Like how else can we be a force for good for mm -hmm. our community? Or, you know, with the beer, it, it, it's it's uh, it's great to hear that come from uh, brewery owners and people that could just rest on their laurels and be like, yeah, we made this great beer. We've created these great experiences. People love us. But, you know, what else? What else can we do to be be better? Absolutely. And that comes from 
you have to just be conscious about it for us it, you have to you have to constantly think about it how can we be better than we were last year and as we grow the more we listen the more we talk the more we learn and hey maybe next year we can even reduce certain co2 climate uh our climate our uh, co2 impact just small things small things how uh, there, we have so much excitement on how to be better as a company and make great make great beer that's what we're trying to do <laughs> right on let's take a beer break there's many cool and unique attractions in san diego in addition to the wonderful beer scene and zoo which we've already been talking about you know you got the uh, butterfly filled zorro garden the beachfront hotel del coronado where al frank Baum wrote the wizard of oz or a mexican wrestling themed taco shop but today we're going to talk about some beautiful public suspension bridges and walkways psych we're going to talk about that Mexican wrestling-themed taco shop, of course. The Lucha Libre Gourmet Taco Shop was founded in Mission Hills in 2008. The Rojano brothers serve good quality Mexican food in an ode to the brothers' love for the theatrics, colorful masks, and high-flying antics of the Mexican professional wrestlers they grew up loving. Uh, incorporating ingredients from family recipes, the restaurant has its spin on classic taco shop staples, and the walls of the restaurant essentially serve as a Lucha Libre museum, sporting pictures, promotional flyers, movie posters, and wrestling gear from some of Mexico's most beloved Lucha Libre wrestlers. Give them a follow over at Lucha Libre Taco Shop for more information on this unique taco shop in a city where there's tons of taco shops uh now let's get back to the show what do you think about the uh, uh the shift in craft beer do you see beer flavors going uh in a different direction uh in the future i know especially in california we are you know this is obviously where the craft beer revolution started with the pale ale and the ipa so i everything's ipa crazy still but do you, do you see us going in any other directions uh, in the future? I mean, uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, Mike, I think that's a great question. Um, I'd like to spin it off to you, actually. And then I have I have my opinions. Brian, Mike, what do you see? Because you've talked to plenty of people, and I've, I've been able to catch a couple <laughs> of the episodes. What do, where do you think the, the, the craft beer world's going? I love this. I love I love I love asking us questions. Mike, I'm, I, I'd like you to answer first, please. Well, the, I, I personally, as an as an older American, I, you know, sometimes the New England IPAs are not. I know you can't tell by my face, uh, but uh, they're they can be a bit heavy um, when you're like we're talking about adventure beer. I mean, this is this is great, but I, I tend to lean more towards lagers. And I feel like sometimes if I go into a tap room, this certainly was the case when I lived in New York, that you look at the at the board and it's it's, you know, 25 beers and two of them are lagers. And it's like, oh, geez. But I, I think that is a direction that we're definitely going is that we see more craft loggers. And I suppose loggers themselves were a, a there was a bit of a stigma to, uh, to that because of Budweiser, because of Coors Light. And it's like, you want a lager? Go drink a Michelob, you know. <laughs> but I feel yeah. like I like a nice craft uh, lager. And yeah. uh, so I, I, that's the direction I think I think we're going uh, back in, in a, in a logger direction. Not that, you know, we can't go away from ales, but I, I do see a lot more craft loggers, even in California now. For me, I uh, yeah, definitely more loggers. I think it, it all centers around meeting meeting consumers where they are. Um, I'll throw a controversial take out there. 
Let's hear I it. think we'll see more breweries do seltzers and alternative alcoholic beverages, packaging those and selling them as alternative resin revenue sources. And I think it's a genius idea. People want to drink that stuff. People want to support local. Seltzers are not expensive to make. There's there's some process that goes into it and you got to dial it in and, and you got to be careful with it. But it's not as expensive as beer to make. Uh, people want it. And I think we're going to see just more evolving in the market of of craft beer trying to play in that. Even small local breweries finding a way to introduce seltzers, maybe cider, maybe packaged cocktails. Uh, when I was at Fair State a couple months ago, I remember they had a big push for packaged cocktails, but it was different because of Minnesota laws. So it was actually mm -hmm. like fermented high alcohol, like 14% fermented things that then they mix down into a cocktail. So like, I think it's just about meeting the consumer where they are and, and finding different ways to still give people a local alternative option for their alcoholic beverages while also mm -hmm. supporting the company that does, you know, something good for their community. So mm. I think no IPAs aren't going anywhere. New England IPAs aren't going anywhere. No, you know, no. the crazy barrel aged stouts, uh, fruited sours, pastry sours, pastry stouts, that stuff ain't going anywhere. But I think what we're going to see is a, a shift in the industry is mm -hmm. more of that, you know, for I can't remember the technical term in like distribution, but the the alternative alcoholic options. So. Yeah, we have a brewery here in uh, in Fresno, the uh, uh, Crow and Wolf Brewing. It's in Clovis, and I don't know if you know Crow and Wolf, but they they're a very nice brewery. But one of their best sellers is called Dark Horse, and it is a sorbet seltzer. So uh, they are really that's right at the top of their their uh, their marketing uh, and their and their best selling uh, not beers, but their best selling beverages are these uh, seltzers. Yeah. So I think you're right. A lot of breweries are, are moving in that direction. Like you said, the consumers, there's a lot of beer drinkers that will bring their significant others to the brewery <laughs> and their significant others might not be into the bitterness of beer. And uh, to have those options for people that just opens more doors and opens more, uh, more tap rooms up to, to more people coming in and, and enjoying themselves. Absolutely. And those are two, two, three really great takes on. And at the end of the day, like we're all trying to put our finger on the pulse in the industry and it's constantly changing and oscillating. One big thing is like, I love to relate the industry as art piece. So in the art world, there is your super crazy technical Baroque style. And then right after this extremely intense way of expressing art, goes into the most simplistic and then it goes back into the very complex jackson pollock uh type of style and then it goes into very simplistic we just went past and this is just my take on it like you go into 15 percent ipas which pure project also makes uh you make <laughs> slushy beers pastry stouts a very like clearly if it says vanilla it tastes like a vanilla just hit you in the mouth mm. um and then you go into like, hey, what are your lower ABV beers? Adventure beer, German style lagers, Schwarz beers. Um, so you go into your most intense flavors to your least intense. And we'll constantly make those oscillations. I think right now we might be hitting the more simplistic. So last week, uh, Jeff Bagby of Bagby Brewing, Bagby being one of the most highly rated, decorated 
brewers in American history. Um, he just hosted Low and Slow, and he had, I think, like 28 breweries from all around the nation, and they poured 45 different lagers, uh, including Heater Allen, Wayfinder, um, AGBG, you name it, Chuck, uh, Chuck and Nut, like some really important people. And he did a lager fest. So I think I think it goes through oscillations. Um, I think right now we're in that like super simplistic, and then we'll get back into like into that curve again. And also Pure Project, uh, based off of what Brian said, we do the same thing. We do an alternative. So we had a lot of people come in and they say, hey, I have an allergen towards uh, gluten. And you actually were bringing this up with Abnormal. Do you use uh, Clarity Firm or a Brewer's Enzyme to break down the gluten? For us, the way we make beer as Pure Project, we try to keep it as simple as possible. So we try to keep it honest ingredients, real organic fruit, not extracts, organic vanilla bean, the whole real substance. Uh, we actually never use hop extract. We used it once and it's because we got it for free. Um, but it's real, <laughs> real, you real thing. You don't want to waste it. No, no waste. Uh, uh, no waste, exactly. So, but they would come in and they say, hey, like, do you use that extract or that enzyme? And we just don't. So we thought, hey, Winslow, who's our head brewer, have you ever made a kombucha, like a hard kombucha? And he was like, I'm from uh, uh, Santa Cruz. I've been making kombucha with my mom since I was like 10. Like, this is what we know how to do. Like, all this scoby. And he was like, I could make that sleep in. And we're like, could you make that a hard kombucha? And he's like, yep, easy. It's a different type of fermentation. And we said, okay, cool. So it's locally sourced honey from second generation honey farm, maybe like an hour away, Micklich Farms. It's organic green tea. And then the one that we have right now, it's organic uh, rose hips from Chile, organic rose petals from Egypt, and then uh, hibiscus from Egypt as well. So it's an alternative, but it still fits within our ethos. And I think you just have to broaden your options, kind of like what Mike was saying. Hey, are all my beer friends geeky as I am and want a beer? No. Do they want a cocktail or a cocktail-inspired thing? Maybe. So if you, if you, if as a company, if you're able to create more options for people, you allow it to be an opening and welcoming space. And as always, as beer tenders, if anyone's working in the industry, be welcoming. Be welcoming at all times. Don't say, yeah. oh your palate isn't refined to enjoy West Coast IPA. And you're like, no, I'm, I just, I just want something kind of in this ballpark. Oh, actually we have something like that here. Here you go. And yep. you're not demeaning. You're not pushing people down. You're, you're creating options and uh, there's more options. More people will come. Who, who the hell sources all these ridiculous ingredients for you guys? Not ridiculous, <laughs> but like, it seems like we, we got this from Egypt. We got this uh, yeah. from Sri Lanka. We got we got, we got our own truffle pig that's that has a pure project logo on the back of it that's going out and finding us truffles like is it one yeah, person's dude. job or is like yeah uh so winslow sawyer he graduated with an emphasis on agriculture uh sustainable agriculture somewhere from santa cruz worked at a very important homebrew shop called seven rivers he was the head brewer of a brewery by the age of 21 22. Uh, he started a sour program by the age of 23. The brewery burned down and he became Pure Project's head brewer by 25. I know this is up in Santa Cruz. It's called uh, Boulder Creek. But um, that being said, his emphasis, and I told Winslow, I was like, Winslow, like, you make a lot of Belgian beers. Are you a Belgian brewer inspired? He's like, 
I just focus on like the sourcing of ingredients because he believes it's not the style that we make, it's how you source it. What let the let the ingredients speak to you, and then you can make a style that kind of showcases that. So this is our Euphoric series. Uh, Euphoric, we use dregs from Lambic breweries in Europe and American Lambic and some other cool culture strains. It's aged in Pinot Noir barrels uh, from Napa Valley. It uses 800 pounds of organic strawberries from a local farmer, like I mentioned before, JR Organics. The cool thing about using local farmers, they're plucking it off the plant within 12 hours, it's introduced into the beer making process. How cool is it that you have that relationship with your farmers? Like farmers are the backbone of California. If you didn't realize that, ah, you're missing the point. If you're getting your fruit from somewhere else. So for us, it's like, let's use those fruits when they're in season instead right. of all year round. So today we released a spontaneously fermented sour that was spawned March of 2021, uh, aged in the same red wine barrels from Napa Valley. And then we use uh, Blossom Bluff peaches from the San Joaquin Valley, which is one of the most fertile valleys in California. We used 1,200 pounds of them. And our sellerman, Brandon, hand pitted each one. Uh, it's a four pounds of peach per one gallon of beer. It's bad. I'm not going to curse. It's bad. That's crazy. Peach is one of those fruits that's hard to get expressed in beer. You have to like do it. Fill a cannon with peaches and shoot it at the beer. Right, right. For the beer to take on peach character. So good on Yens for putting that much peach in there. Uh, Another cool one. Uh, I think you guys are from Northern. uh, Mike, you're from North County. uh, I'm in Fresno. Fresno. Uh, This one comes from Bradley, California. When we were driving down from Yosemite facelift, uh, we actually passed by this spot. This is kind of a collaboration with Mission Trails. They make okay. cider. They make mead. This is aged in their uh, cherry wine, in their cider barrels, and it's their organic pluot juice uh, pressed Ooh. and then given to us. We ship through the state of California. Yeah, it's celebrating the farmers, what they do. Yeah. Sourcing is extremely important as a manufacturing company. And yeah, Winslow's just constantly looking like, hey, we could find some organic coconut, like instead of just buying regular coconut. And people ask, why don't you guys promote that more? And we do, we do within the tasting room. And if you talk to one of our beer tenders, they know where everything comes from. It's what we do as a company. It's what we've always done. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> <laughs> You've said a lot. That's uh, This is great. It's so great to get all this information. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. This is a, this has been a great episode. And uh, we could go another hour, really. I know, yeah. Should we? I'm I'm down. I, if you have any, if you have one or two more questions, I I to, I, I totally was. Look at me sitting sideways, getting comfortable here. Am I? <laughs> I'm like checking how much beer I have left. I have a four pack. Well, you got I see you got at least. I specifically eight bought a second beer because I was like, yeah, this 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 conversation's probably gonna run long. Sorry, Laura. Um, anyway, I do have one more question. You mentioned a very cool uh, project that you all participated in yeah you want to talk about the cleanup you you all did in yosemite uh just to give more background we've talked on this podcast how i am uh obsessed with climbing i was not Mm -hmm. a climber until a couple months ago Uh, my sweet awesome cool wife took me climbing on my birthday and we've been climbing every weekend since and you guys just did some really cool work with yosemite which is kind of the birthplace of american big wall climbing and 
it is it's like the holy grail like you go there and so let's 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 paint the picture yosemite national park you're driving if you've never been there look at the photos and you'll be like no way and that's kind of that's where um black diamond patagonia north face north face if you look at the logo that's actually half dome if yeah. people didn't know that modern day outdoor climbing came from uh yosemite so as teaming up with yosemite climbing association yca we helped out create a beer called yosemite facelift for this four three to three day event uh it was september 21st to the 25th you go out uh, you have Patagonia, you have Cliff uh, Bars. They'll give you a bag, a trash picker, and you're just going out. You're picking up microplastics. You're picking up big things. I think by the end of those three days, we picked up 12,000 pounds of trash. And there were climbers giving their just thoughtful speeches on how what Yosemite meant to them. Um, some people have lost their best friend during a climb and you're sitting there during these speeches and you're like oh my god this is impactful and um there were seminars on climbing patagonia which is uh, a ridge down in south america for us we went there i think it was like seven of us as team members and just get your hands dirty to make positive change in the world you have to get your hands dirty we do contribute money with one percent of the planet but hey you know what Let's get in there. Let's let's go through those riverways. And there's a lot of trash in these national parks. And if we want to make them beautiful and make them as prestigious as, as we, the, uh, the postcards are, we have to clean them up. So we said, we teamed up with Sequoia, uh, Tioga Sequoia, and we made a hoppy logger, had it up there. And we said, hey, is there any way that we could team up and do a national park that's closer to us, which is Joshua Tree National Park? So we did uh, a Joshua Tree facelift. It was also a hoppy logger. Tiger Sequoia, Patagonia came out, North Face came out, had all the sponsors. And it was a one-day event, but we picked up 4,000 pounds of trash that day. We had a bunch of team members go out. And it's the first of many national park cleanups. So how cool is it? Not only is breweries there for, like, fun, but they're also doing the dirty work. And I think we just got to be part of the community. If you're not part of the community, what are you doing, you know? So, and if you want to talk about bouldering, Joshua Tree, Joshua Tree. Joshua I was going to say that's another oh. pretty, pretty iconic place for, for American climbing. Yeah, cool. So uh, excited uh, to see you do Red Rocks next. Right, right. <laughs> do all, just do all the, you could come up here and do the gunks in uh, New York and just do all the climbing places. No, but that's awesome because those, those outdoor places, they mean so much to people. Like you said, you can donate that money, but you got to get out there and, and and get in it sometimes. Yeah. And I think that's the way as teams, as like uh, peer project team members, we learn a lot and we're there, we're hearing the speeches, we're cleaning up, we're getting our hands dirty and it's extremely important, make positive impact in the environment. Another little Plug and uh, shout out to Jesse Pine and Kira Bouchard. But 98% of our merchandise is either recycled material, either like plastic bottles or organic cotton. And we actually <laughs> teamed up with Pride Bites. Now you've seen these at every brewery right now. Um, yep. And Kira messaged them and was like, we'd love to do one for Rove. Can you make that possible? And 
she asked like, what's the fabric made out of? And it just didn't go with our standard. And like three weeks later, they're like, hey, we found some recycled uh, fabric, high quality, great texture and lowers your environmental impact. We can make that happen. And ours doesn't have the squeaker because that's just one time plastic. But shout out to Pride Bites. They actually completely adapted their sourcing of material to accommodate our standard of either recycled material or organic kind. So I think if you ask for these things and as uh, manufacturers, you, you say, hey, this is what I'm looking for. Can you accommodate? More and more, we, there are solutions to us producing things. It's, uh, that was a stupid way of saying it, but you know what I'm trying to say. So. It was not stupid at all. Not at all. <laughs> not Be mindful. at all. Be mindful. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. And if more people were, I mean, I just, uh, even today was, we had some Coca-Colas and, and uh, root beers for our holiday. And they're still using the six ring plastic. I'm like, come on, y'all. That's yeah. 2022. We could, we could do better, right? <laughs> yeah. It's 20, yeah. Come on. Exactly. Uh, well, Chris, uh, thank yes. you so much. This has been an awesome conversation. Anything to plug? Be good to each other. Follow Pure Brewing and all your social media outlets. Purebrewing.org is our website. Follow our newsletter. We ship throughout the state of California. I got to remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Ship through the state of California right to your doorstep. Um, as of right now, there's always um, laws that are constantly changing. Go out there. Enjoy Mother Nature. Um, pack it in. Pack it out. And what a blessing that we are in the United States. And there's beauty out there. Just go out there, go enjoy and um, live your life to the fullest. Uh, and if you want to be a beer nerd, be a beer nerd, read your books and take that next level on your Cicerone. I think it's a, this is my own spiel now. It is so gratifying to challenge yourself and know your like weak points where you're like, I have no clue about draft systems. Like I read about the book, but I've never done dress. Like get, Find your weak points, make that the strong points and uh, tackle those certifications. If you have any questions on Instagram, I'm chris.thebeereducator. Shoot me a message. I'm always there to help. Um, Swing by Peer Project. We have five tasting rooms and we'd love to have you and enjoy our thoughtfully curated beers. Hang out with a beer tender. I don't know. I don't, okay, now I'm just rambling. Very inspiring. I, I got I to gotta get to another level myself. Yeah, that's awesome. Have fun. Have fun. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of crying. But it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Brian gets the set out. Yeah, it's push it out, not down. Just, yeah, push, push it out. out. It's like, why am I reading this book again? And then you're like, oh, that's kind of new. I didn't notice that part. Yeah, but yeah, have fun. Beer oh. should be fun. Beer, beer should be for everybody. Um, make it a very welcoming place within your tasting rooms. Know that anytime you walk into any of our tasting rooms, we are here for any uh, religion, sex. You name it, just here. It's beer. It should be fun. It should be exciting. No gatekeeping. Love it. Yeah. Check out more on purebrain.org. To talk like my uh, my Gen Z friend, uh, we stand beers for everyone. Mm-hmm. We'll uh, we'll keep saying that here at Brews Less Travel. Beers for everybody, and and the the more we can do to to find that beer that's for that person in your life that's always said, I don't like beer. You're, you're doing a service to the beer community by doing that. Yep. And you're doing a service to that person because there's a lot of great to discover in the beer community. So thanks to Pure Project for supplying beer for this episode. You can find more from them, like Chris said, at purebrewing.org. You can find more from us 
at Bruvana.com. Check out the holiday beer boxes there. We're super excited, super excited about those. Going to be a lot of fun for the holiday season. And if you want to help support this podcast, check out the Brewers Less Traveled Beer Club. Uh, you'll get great local beers from around the country shipped to you on a monthly basis, and you'll get to join us as we talk about them on the live stream. So we'll be back next week with one more episode on the great city of San Diego, the the city in motion. But uh, until then, stay safe, be kind, and support local breweries, everybody. Cheers. Thanks, y'all. Cheers, y'all.